There are very few things that investors can do that are free. But what about a podcast that delivers educational content on investing, saving strategies, financial planning, topical items of interest, and maybe even the odd wacky topic? Welcome to Free Lunch. Hosted by Greg Kremitsky and Colin Andrews of the CM Group at CIBC Wood Gundy, Free Lunch will bring listeners the firm's vast knowledge and experience in dealing with uncertainty to help clients achieve their vision through a deep understanding of what is important to them that requires planning, money, and time. Learn more and subscribe today at markets-work.com. Welcome back to the Free Lunch Podcast with Greg and Colin. And Greg, last week, we talked about something a little bit taboo. We did. Yes, we talked about bedrooms and bank accounts <laughs> and how couples choose to or choose not to share their finances and financial information and some of the psychological and behavioral factors affecting those decisions. So that was an interesting discussion. It was. We didn't really talk about markets at all. No, and I don't think we're really going to talk about markets today either. No, but we're going to talk about planning. We are. And last week's was actually more about planning than markets. And today is going to be kind of down the same path, right? Well, as you're aware, Colin, from having done these podcasts with me for the last three years. 143 of them or so? Yeah. Yeah. We discuss financial planning quite a bit on this podcast. And more often than not, when we're talking about retirement planning and estate planning, very often, not always, but we're very often talking about things that tend to become more important to many of us as we're in the later part of our careers or maybe in our high earning periods. And so for a lot of people, it becomes more important as they get closer to the end of their working careers. And they say, wait a second, how am I going to live in retirement? And that's when we we sometimes hear from people. We, of course, encourage planning to start earlier, but it's never too early to start thinking about finances and making some plans around them. And, you know, I was thinking of kids, many kids in elementary school or even in high school, certainly many in my day had a thing that we used to call a paper route. Yeah, I had one. Yeah. So for any younger listeners out there, that relates to a time when people read news that was actually printed on sheets of paper And those sheets of paper were delivered directly to your front door by a kid with a paper route. You know, the worst part of a paper route, Greg, was the ink would get all over your fingers. Oh, yeah. You just couldn't get it off. No, for sure. Now it's a lot easier. You don't get ink from scrolling through an iPad. Well, can you imagine like kids now like riding down the street on their bikes, throwing iPads at people's doors? (laughs) You'd get arrested. (laughs) Anyway, delivering papers was a pretty typical job for younger kids and, and allowed them to earn money which could be used for future purposes. So, for instance, if some kids, maybe their parents just don't throw things at them, you know, every time they ask for something, they might have to buy or want to buy a new bike or a new skateboard or something, go to the movies, you name it. Wait a minute, wait, you got to update this. Your example is dated. How so? You mean my paper route delivery? (laughs) No, okay, so these days, those kids would be saving to buy like an Xbox game. Well, that's right, or maybe to pay for their Spotify subscription. Yeah. You know, something like that. So anyway, bottom line is that kids then, kids today, we still see kids working, you know, bagging groceries at Safeway, something like that. Many kids have a route, a paper route or a job. And the parents of many of these kids, and I'm not sure if your parents told you when you had a paper route, save a portion of that money for the future. Hey, why don't you just put aside a a couple dollars a week or whatever and, and save for the future. So that was kind of like a generalized planning idea with sort of vague objectives. 
So the future wasn't always spelled out too clearly, but the idea was certainly a good one. Now, let's fast forward to, say, post-secondary college or university. You know, at this point, many, but absolutely not all students are starting to think about their career goals. You know, and even if those goals are pretty diffuse at first, it's possible to begin setting some financial goals and aligning those with a career path, you know? So there's a recent article by Deanna Ritchie on do.com, D-U-E.com. Interesting, I'd never heard of that website. I haven't either. But she talks about six ways to align a career path with financial goals, and we wanted to share some of her ideas today. So when it comes to preparing for a career path, I think we can all agree that focusing on education is one of the most important ways to prepare. And now some people will take advantage of knowing kind of the direction they want to go by having internships or work experiences, you know, in an area that might be their chosen field. But certainly a solid educational background and foundation is crucial for long-term success. That just gets you in the door. That's right. right? Like, sorry to cut you off, but there was a... Somebody I called out a little while ago, a student at University of Alberta who was talking about maybe going to a different school out east because maybe it opened up more doors. My comments were, I don't need to open up any more doors. Like just getting a degree opens up the door. That's right. You know, and I think it's important. You want to look for opportunities to take classes or earn degrees in a field of interest. So it's one thing to look to the future and try to pick a career, which I think everybody should at least consider. Pick a career that looks like it's going to be in demand, but also it's got to be something you're interested in because I think we've all experienced not being very successful when you're in areas that aren't of interest to you. Okay, wait a minute. When you were a kid, what was the one, two, or three careers that you had thought you would do as an adult? I got to be honest, I had no freaking idea. Yeah, you had something. Everybody in grade two, grade three writes down something, right? You got to have something. Like, police officer. I got nothing. What about you? Police officer. You want to be a police officer? <laughs> well, in grade two. How I'm, ironic. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to be a police officer. Pro football player. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's exactly. pretty common ones when oh, you're a kid. I, I would have enjoyed being a rock star, I guess, a rock guitarist <laughs> god. <laughs> well, you're just guessing now. But oh, that's I'm, right. I'm like, do you actually remember? Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. But I've got some interesting stories as we go along. Anyway, when we talk about future financial health... I mean, that's one aspect of future planning that's largely overlooked by students as they're rushing from class to class. And you might have actually chosen a particular field of study precisely because it pays well, but that's not really the same thing as being financially astute when the time comes to graduate and move on with your life. And so this woman has prepared six principles for planning for worry-free finances in the future. And again, this is geared towards students in university. So for anyone listening, it might be relevant to them directly. It might be relevant for if they have kids or grandkids that are, that are going through this right now. So there's a few tactics that students can use to prepare for the future. And the number one is to set up a specific financial goal or goals. So many college students, I know I certainly wasn't focused on maybe buying a home when I was in university. But today we're seeing a lot more of that. And a lot of students are now thinking about what happens after they graduate. Certainly for many, a big issue is paying off student loan debt or credit card debt because many students are not particularly well off and are living on student loans or money that they've earned during the summer. When those credit cards when you're in school are basically used for pizza and cabs, right? Exactly. So you got to pay it off when you're done. That's right. And actually, right now, it's hard to believe, but these days, again, some students are even looking at retirement savings at a young age when they're not even finished university yet. 
this seems crazy to me. Like when you were in university, were you thinking about retirement? No, I was not. But I got to tell you, though, I mean, it was a different time back then because when I was in university, if you had a 60% and $500 for tuition, you were in. And these days, it takes a lot more. It takes better marks. It takes a lot more work. And it can be a lot more expensive to get into university. And so I think when students do get in, there are financial issues that we maybe didn't face quite as closely. Well, Greg, instead of needing a 60, all you need is a 97% average to get in now. Well, that's right. Simple. Yeah. Okay. Number two is to zero in on a career path with good earning potential. And I think for most kids, I mean, even though it may not be their number one reason for selecting a career of interest, it should be a consideration. I mean, it should never be all about the money. But again, you have to be honest about the earning possibilities of a path you're considering. And if you're considering a certain path that's not associated with high salaries, then if you're doing it for love, that's fantastic. But you want to be honest and aware of what the outlook is. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I looked at this recently because my wife was looking at a master's of social work. There's a reason why an MBA costs fifty to $100,000 to complete and a master's of social work costs $7,000. So that just tells you the difference in earning potential. Exactly. Yeah. I think what's important is, you know, if you have a preferred lifestyle that you're hoping for, then that may direct you into different fields. And again, this assumes that, of course, you have all the capabilities to make those decisions and that your decision is ultimately the path you'll go. But for kids that are starting out and trying to decide where they want to go, it's important to, they should consider professions or businesses that have a reputation for offering competitive pay, doesn't mean necessarily the top pay, and benefits. And then consider where you want to live and the experience level required to hit that benchmark when you're estimating earning potential. And actually, it was interesting. I just went through this with a client yesterday. Kids have their life and their careers in Toronto. And it just so happens, you know, it could be the same. The same would be true for Vancouver or Victoria. What do you mean by that? Well, they're based in Toronto, which is great. That's where their life is. They'd like to start by a home. Very difficult when the average home price is $1.4 million. Even with good earning potential, very difficult to scrape together a down payment and maintain the income. So some of these decisions about where you want to live could have a big impact for younger kids on their choice of careers and location of careers. Those people could move to like Lloyd Minster. Well, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) I, I I saw an ad yesterday on the television for Williams Lake, BC. It looks lovely. I'm sure it is. A lot cheaper than Vancouver. And if your career is a fishing guide, that might work well at Williams Lake. (laughs) But let's get serious for a moment and, and look at some of the career paths which may offer good potential today. And so this is according to the Princeton Review. The current list of top 10 college majors in the U.S., this is, includes one, computer science. Yeah, makes sense. Fun fact. 1971, my first year of university, I was enrolled in an honors computer science program. Yeah. And? I didn't see any future in it. Yeah, yeah. Number two, communications. Number three, which surprised me a little bit, government and political science. Well, I, actually, I think with that one, the thing is, if you get into government, like in Canada, and you're around for, is it two terms? Like you have a pension for life. Sure. And it's a very topical, very serious issue. There's many jobs available in government and not necessarily political jobs, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm talking about people getting elected. That's right. But there's a lot of people that work behind In the civil service, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Business, of course. Makes sense. Economics. Kind of the same thing. This one was interesting. English language and literature. And I think part of the reason why that rates so highly is because it's a very strong entree into other professions like law, for example. 
or education, education, journalism, yeah. yeah, or if you want to become a social media influencer, for example. <laughs> well, listen, I can tell you from experience, being a social media influencer is hard work. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Psychology, yeah, nursing, mm-hmm. chemical engineering, and biology. Yeah, and when you think about it, I mean, biology seems like a natural. Did you know I have a degree in biology? I actually didn't know that. I know you have a master's degree in genetics. I guess you had to get some degree before that. That's right. Yeah. Were you very good at doing Punnett squares and things like that? Uh, Say what? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, these list of top 10 career potential, they do change from time to time. But I think it just gives an idea of where the demand is in the economy right now. And listen, not every student is destined for an academic path. And the good news is there are many high opportunity areas in skilled trades. According to Employment and Social Development Canada, there's actually going to be a need for 256,000 apprentices in Canada in the next five years to meet the demand. And so lots of opportunities for skilled tradespeople in the areas of industrial electricians, carpentry, construction, massive opportunities. Auto mechanics is one of the biggest ones. Hard to believe because it's hard to imagine that anybody could figure out how to work on the new engines, but apparently they can. I think that's a good point. We always get really focused on having a a university degree and following an office path. And an academic. An academic, yeah. But there's a lot of kids out there that, as you say, that's not their path. That's right. And I think it creates a lot of stress for those people when they're thinking about their future as to what to do. And, And like, why would anybody look down on a skilled trade? Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing, the really fascinating thing from a financial planning standpoint is young people who get into these skilled trades and apprenticeships, they start making money from day one. So these people are there working, they're earning a full salary and going to school for seven or eight weeks a year. And they have earning potential for a long time and it starts at a very young age. So again, lots of opportunity for future planning there. So her third point is take a job path's long-term prospects into account. So it's one thing to concentrate on earnings possibilities, but you also want to consider a professional path and the long-term prospects. So for students trying to find opportunities that will be financially beneficial, you also want to find opportunities that they'll personally enjoy and will be in high demand going forward, not just today. So you can't forecast the future with any kind of absolute certainty, but you do want to consider the opportunity for development and promotion within a, a specific sector or job. Number four, getting into more of the financial side, paying attention to purchasing patterns, because you want to pay attention to spending patterns regardless of your income level. Financial management, as we've talked about many times, entails setting up a budget sticking to it and cutting back on spending that's just wasteful. And so even as a university student or a college student, making sure that spending money wisely, it's one of the best methods to ensure that not only does the job path support financial objectives now and in the future, but it sets up a good set of habits, financial habits for the future. Well, like we used to buy no-name macaroni and cheese Instead of craft dinner. Big mistake. Craft dinner was way too expensive. <laughs> you know, you can go to a superstore and get like a case of no name white cheddar macaroni and cheese for like 46 cents a box. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I got to go with the original though. Oh yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I enjoy craft <laughs> dinner way more, but no. you know, it's only now that I'm working that we have craft dinner in the house. <laughs> Listen, when I was... <laughs> Or for anyone listening in the U.S., Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Dinner. (laughs) Yes. Um, 
hey, listen, and hey, same, university, we never bought Coke, we bought Pick-A-Pop. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. RC Cola. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, enough of that, let's move okay. ahead. One thing that students can consider if they do have savings, or even small savings, is to utilize tax-favored savings accounts, like in Canada right now, we have some tremendous opportunities for people, whether it's a large amount of money or a small amount of money, to enjoy tax advantage savings or tax-free savings that will compound and grow in the long run. We've got the tax-free savings account that's available to everyone 18 and older. And that basically allows all funds that you invest to grow tax-free forever. The money can be withdrawn and replaced into the account whenever it's needed or when it's available. So that's a fantastic There's no opportunity. downside to that. There's right? no downside to the tax-free savings account. And, and listen, many students don't have a lot of actual savings from work because they're spending more time at school than they are working, but they might get gifts from parents or grandparents, financial gifts, and and anything that can go into a tax-free savings account will be very beneficial in the long run. And now this year, the Canadian government is introducing the, the new first home savings account, which is a tremendous opportunity for young people, whether they're students or post-grads, to put aside money to buy a house. The money goes in there's actually a tax deduction if you're working and have earnings. The tax will be deductible on the money that goes into the first home savings account. And the money when used to buy a first home comes out absolutely tax-free. So it's really, a, it's an unbelievable opportunity. So We spent a lot of time on that one with Jamie Golden. We did. We did. And, and it's Was something that like three that, episodes ago or so? That's right. And I think we'll be talking a lot about that as these accounts are available and get opened. Yeah. The other thing too I want to make about the tax-free savings account or the first home savings account is, as you point out, students don't have a lot of extra money to put away for savings, but this could be an opportunity for parents or grandparents to do some family legacy planning. Absolutely. We have many, many clients you know, that say, look, I don't want my kids to wait for me to pass on before they, they get help. And so many parents or grandparents are, are helping out. They've helped out with uh, registered education savings plans, which, of course, help fund university or post-secondary education, and then helping get started with these tax-free savings accounts or first-home savings accounts is a great way to really help your kids or grandkids when they need it, as opposed to way down the road, hopefully. Here's a quick story about that. I deal with somebody in Victoria, lovely person. She's 95. She has lots of money said to her one day, what are you going to do with all this money? She said, I'm going to leave it to my kids. Like your kids are 75. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're long retired. They exactly. have grandkids and great grandkids. Like it's, yeah. it's like, wouldn't it have made more sense to transition some of that wealth earlier? For sure. And as I said earlier, I mean, these days with the price of homes, the appreciation and home values in certain parts of the country, it's never been more helpful for young people starting out to get that kind of help now. Can you imagine the type of house you can buy in Lloydminster if your parents helped you with a first home savings account? That'd be awesome. <laughs> so listen, I mean, this whole process can start while you're an undergraduate. And so, again, it's not the top of mind for most undergrads or university students to be thinking about their financial futures, you know, and as you and I pointed out, I mean, from our own personal experience, it's really just day to day. But the more you can start thinking about it, the better prepared you'll be when you first get that first paycheck to start the process. And then one last thing is just expanding the network, you know, so including finance. So when you're in university, if you know that you want to go into business, 
well, take advantage of networking with professionals, you know, in businesses that you think you'd be interested in. Likewise, if you want to be a veterinarian or a doctor, like build, start building a network and also build a network on the financial side of things. So get to know a banker. You know, most students have bank accounts, even if they don't have a lot of money and start getting experience and making contacts in the whole areas of banking, investing, things like that. So I just want to finish off, Deanna Ritchie points out, and, and I think you and I would agree from various previous podcasts is that best intentions and best plans aren't the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to say, okay, this is it. I've got to pull together a financial plan. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. But it only is valuable and it only takes shape when, when the plan is actually put together and implemented. So we could talk about smart goals with that, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. So even when you're saying that intentions and plans, how often do you hear, oh, I got to lose some weight? That's, I guess, the intention. That's the intention. Right? But what's the plan? Exactly. Like, you know, are you going to eat less, work out more, sleep better? Like, how do you get there? That's where you're going with this, yep, right? That's so right. The same thing for finances. Exactly. And so I think the point here is that as young people are choosing a career, preparing for a career, put together, even, you know, it's hard to imagine, but put together some written plans. These are my goals. I want to have a career in this field. I want to be able to earn money. I want to be able to save for a home. Ultimately, I want to be able to plan for retirement, even though that, that could be a long way off, but life happens quickly. So getting ready and being ready for any kind of chosen career path has got to be an ongoing process. When personal success demands some periodic and continuing attention and follow through, you know, and that's well, just and what we're talking education. about. And continuing <laughs> education. Yeah. You know, and when you look at, you've had a couple of jobs in your, in your history. Yeah. I've had a couple of different careers in my life and you never know exactly what, what direction your career path will take, but having some plans in place financially just makes that process a lot smoother and a lot easier. Yeah. I did have one, one job. I know you know about this in Edmonton at a car wash. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it became very clear very quickly. I needed to get the heck out of there because you were only paid for when you were actually working. Interesting. So car would pull up, you'd punch in, <laughs> you would do your part of the work, car would drive to the next station, you would punch out. Wow. Interesting. You know, if they applied that same thing to other jobs, you know, you could think of it like this. Well, I'm working as a cashier at 7-Eleven, but I only get to punch the clock when somebody walks through the front door and buys something. Oh, no, not even when they walk through the front door. It's like when they come up to the till. <laughs> so you're paid for like that one minute at a time. So if there's one thing that people should take away from this podcast is don't work at a car wash where you only get paid when a car actually drives through. <laughs> I actually don't think it's legal. I, I think that's been <laughs> obviously adjusted. But I think these were good points, Greg. I really like them. The setting up specific goals as a start, that's a good way. If you don't know about a career path that you're interested in, talk to people about what they do and try to get some feedback. And that will take you down a path and your path might change, right? And the interesting thing is, you know, when you talk to kids coming out of high school, you've got one that came out recently and one that's going to be coming out in the next little while. And you ask them, what do they want to do with their lives? You know, what career do they want to choose? Most people aren't even aware of the thousands and thousands of career opportunities. They're aware of the big ones you hear about, law, medicine, accounting, engineering, teaching, and nursing. 
And that, that's sort of it. And there's just a huge range of opportunities, some of which could be very valuable, could give very well-paying futures for lots of kids. So it's a process, but the point being, think about finances, even as a poor university student eating craft dinner. Yep. And if you're the, the parent or the grandparent, share your experiences with your kids and grandkids. Right on. Yep. All right. Wrap it up there. You bet. Okay. Till next time. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Free Lunch Podcast hosted by the CM Group at CIBC Wood Gundy. To subscribe to this podcast to get more realistic insight on investing or to connect with one of our talented partners, please head on over to markets-work.com. We'll see you next time on the Free Lunch Podcast. The CIBC logo and CIBC Private Wealth Management are registered trademarks of CIBC. If you are currently a CIBC Wood Gundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Private Wealth Management consists of services provided by CIBC and certain of its subsidiaries, including CIBC Wood Gundy, a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc. CIBC Private Wealth Management is a registered trademark of CIBC used under license. Wood Gundy is a registered trademark of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Colin Andrews and Greg Kraminski are investment advisors with CIBC Wood Gundy. This information, including any opinion, is based on various sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy cannot be guaranteed and is subject to change. CIBC and CIBC World Markets, Inc., their affiliates, directors, officers, and employees may buy, sell, or hold a position in securities of a company mentioned herein, its affiliates or subsidiaries, and may also perform financial advisory services, investment banking or other services for, or have lending or other credit relationships with the same. CIBC World Markets, Inc. and its representatives will receive sales commissions and or a spread between bid and ask prices if you purchase, sell, or hold the securities referred to above. CIBC World Markets, Inc., 2023.